All right. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Happy Monday. Amanda from the dining room has just delivered the cheese scone. So you get fantastic the service. The week is Sarah. proceeding as it should. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the big breaking news today, which is not a surprise in a lot of ways because we all. knew this was coming. They're dropping COVID restrictions at the border. Mm-hmm. So this is kicking in. They're dropping proof of vaccination. The mask mandate on trains and planes also gone. being brought, uh, COVID isolation restrictions is all gone as of October 1st, which is this Saturday. So we yeah. talked about this on the show last week and every, you know, every media outlet in the country was, was, uh, uh reporting yeah. this was coming. So, so Ottawa is basically months behind the provinces who've dropped all these requirements. Remember, we had our vaccination cards. You had to show to restaurants. That's been gone for months. Yeah. Um, the mass mandate has was, has been gone for months in all the provinces. Uh, it was on a harbor airplane last week and had to put a, my mask on. And sure. I could tell there was a bit of some people thought, oh, yeah, right, because people don't fly all the time. You haven't had to wear your mask uh, as an order in many places for months. And people just sort of forgot. I noticed a number of passengers had to be given masks. They just totally forgot, oh, I don't wear a mask anymore. Right. So. This basically follows what the province has been doing. No surprise here. Uh, the United States, though, you just looked up, still apparently requires proof of vaccination to enter uh, that country. But um, this basically goes back months ago, if you recall, Dr. Bonnie Henry, Dr. Teresa Tam, other public health officers saying, you're never going to get rid of this virus 100%. You have to learn to live with it. And that means uh, easing the rules. Let's listen to the federal health minister, Jean-Yves Duclos, speaking this morning. We are announcing that the Government of Canada will not renew the order in Council that expires on September the 30th and will therefore remove all COVID-19 border requirements for all travellers entering Canada. This includes the removal of all federal testing, quarantine and isolation requirements, as well as the mandatory submission of health information in arrive count. Okay, so... This was something we expected coming. There will be some opposition to this. I mean, you, you know. Oh, the COVID zero people will. Well, yeah, there are people who say this is a bad thing to hands, do. Yeah. You know, we should have, we should still be masked up. But we're not masked up on plane, on buses, yeah. on SkyTrain. Haven't been for months. So it's a co- minority complaint. You know, most people are going to welcome this. I don't think there'll be any provincial opposition to it. Business groups, tourism groups, travel, or, travel organizations are all cheering and high-fiving today saying, finally. Yeah, and again, the science supports this. Uh, our vaccination numbers are. This is why the provinces dropped these uh, these restrictions some months ago when yeah. we hit ninety percent vaccination rates yeah. um, amongst uh, people aged uh, twelve and o- older. Uh, slightly lower for five five to twelve, and certainly lower for uh, kids under five. But uh, twelve and older has been over ninety percent vaccination, two doses. Uh, for months now, which is why the provinces moved earlier than the feds. And the feds are basically slow to the slow to the mark here. Okay, get set to call me on that and tell me what you think about that move by the federal government here today. Um, let's talk about, this is a story we've been following carefully here, this NDP leadership. Now, um, David Eby, his walk in the park, his cakewalk here, uh, not as going as, as predicted or planned. Apparently. When Anjali Apaturai, this environmental activist, decided to run against him. You remember... <laughs> you remember when she announced she was running, how annoyed he was? Yes. Yes, he was very, he was very annoyed. This is very inconvenient for David Eby interrupting well, I've got, I've his got coronation. A, I've got to call him out, out today uh, talking about how NDP MLAs are telling me that they're concerned about this, that they, want, they don't want her 
as their leader. Um, they support David Eby, but she, not only is she coming at this as an outsider, but as, a, as an outsider who has branded all of them collectively as a giant failure. <laughs> she gives in she, what way? She, she says, says she hasn't used those words. Oh, she has it, oh, it, really? an interview with the J- Jacobin uh, online website. Oh. She says the government has failed. Okay. On climate change, Environment, sure. on avor- affordability, oh. on um, uh, providing public services, like four or five, six fronts she gives the government a failing grade. So that's giving the caucus a failing grade. And so does that mean you're not, you're not be allowed to be the leader? Well, uh, you had Abby Lewis on after yeah. her last week, and he said he suspects, one of her top supporters, he suspects that's what's going to happen. They're going to the disqualify part, her. She is not an official candidate yet. Uh, that's going to be decided in the next week or so. She has to go through the vetting process. I've talked to MLAs who want the people she signed up uh, as members to have a very close look at it and be disqualified if they are people who have been arrested uh, for uh, protesting government policy, such as uh, old growth timber blocking logging roads, blocking logging, blocking, blocking roads the, and bridges, blocking the uh, the uh, Iron Workers Bridge. Sure. Uh, anyone linked to any of those activities, a number of MLAs are saying, should be disqualified from even having any role in the process of choosing the party leader. Okay, have a listen to this now. This will give you a little illustration of who is supporting her for the party leader because she has received a lot of support from. The environmental movement, members of the BC Green Party who are kind of switching teams to vote for her. Now, last week, now, check this out. Ben Holt. Okay, so this guy is from a group called Save Old Growth. This is like an extremist environmental group. These are the people who block all the roads and bridges and highways. And they're the ones who um, uh, protested on the front lawn of John Horgan. Sure. Frightened his life. And uh, super glue themselves to the highway or super glue themselves to the front of bank doors and the stuff. The NDP caucus views them as an enemy, a political enemy, and right. not someone who should be allowed to participate in their leadership process. Right. So he was on the show last week, and I asked him about John Horgan's comment, who said the other day that all these people who are blocking roads and super gluing themselves to the Ironworkers Bridge, they should go out and run for office if they want to change he also said, things. Get, get a life. He said, get a life. Go try and run for office and see how far that gets you. So I put that to Ben Holt, the guy's the organizer of this group. And here's what he told me. Listen to this. My name is not on the ballot, but Angela Appendaria's name is. She's running yeah. for leader of the BC NDP. She's been extremely popular. She's signing up literally thousands of new members to the NDP. And the NDP old boys, they're, they're having a, a bit of a moment. Trying to figure out what to do about that and how to stop it. But uh, well, have you uh, have you signed up uh, an NDP membership to vote for her? Yes, I have actually. Um, oh. And and I I it's the first time I've been a BC NDP member, but I was excited to do that. Okay, so I mean, this it's a is hostile you know, takeover. People, is that is that what you think it is? Like it's been called a hostile takeover. How, of the NDP. How could you view it any other way? This is a a political movement that is not part of the NDP taking over the NDP leadership race. Fascinating to watch. Yeah, and, you, and so your prediction is they'll disqualify her. The I party think, brass will disqualify her. I think they're going to find a way to dump her candidacy or to dump all the people she signed up. Okay. Um, but how they're going to do it, I don't know. But keep in mind, this is not a publicly traded company. This is a private entity. Political parties can set their rules subject to elections, the Elections Act yeah. and interpret them the way they see fit. The B.C. Liberals... Got rid of Aaron Gunn as a candidate. 
yes. by crafting a set of rules that they said he violated. Right. There's none of these things are written down anywhere. Yeah. They're purely in the hands of the political party to craft and interpret the rules as they see fit. And I suspect they're going to do that here. Okay. We talked earlier on the show about sky-high gas prices. We got gas prices soaring again, almost record high, very close to a record high. The B.C. Liberal Party once again calling on the NDP government to cut gas taxes. That's Mm. not going to happen. This government is not going to cut gas taxes, correct? I I don't see any evidence to suggest that they will. John Horgan's been pretty adamant that uh, he thinks by cutting gas taxes, the companies would just... Fill the vacuum created by the tax. He, th- he thinks the oil companies would just just jack yeah. up prices even higher. Okay, here is John Horgan's famous advice to people: If you're getting, if you feel like you're getting whacked in the wallet at the gas pump, here's the premier's advice to you. Right now, I encourage people to uh, think before you hop in the car. Do you need to make that trip? Is there a way you can do it with a neighbor or uh, someone who's going by? Just get someone who's going by to yeah. give you a lift. <laughs> I think he, if he could take that back, <laughs> I think he would take that clip back. Right, it's Baldry's Beat. Got a full phone board here, right to your calls. Dev in Vancouver. Hi, Dev, go ahead. Uh, yeah, good morning. I just want to say that uh, the NDP spin was, well, if we get rid of the gas taxes temporarily, those big, greedy oil companies are going to fill the void. Well, it didn't happen. That's a lie. The NDP would rather hand out goodies, like Vaughn Palmer said, this $1,500, which was all completely made up, and, and, and not help the people of B.C., Governments contribute to inflation, and, and if they want to lower inflation, they can help by actually lowering some of this overburdened taxes that we're paying. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Dev. Well, that's certainly argument in favor of uh, getting rid of some of these taxes at the pump. Now, a good chunk of those taxes go to pay for TransLink and transit services, so that's not going to disappear. But some of the, a chunk of that tax goes into general revenue, and that's the pressure on the government. Well, provided. Now, Alberta got rid of their taxes. Uh, there was a couple of reports early on of stations, jack- gas stations jacking up their prices. Yeah. I haven't heard much since then, though. No, I mean, gas taxes are, or gas prices are still way lower in Alberta yeah. than they are yeah. here. I just Especially paid, after they cut their taxes there. I just paid a record amount to fill up my car on the weekend. Oh, yeah. It's just a reminder that gas prices, I mean, that's a big chunk of inflation. It's a big chunk of the cost of living challenges for people. Well, you remember when Horgan was saying that, don't blame me. It's not my fault with gas taxes. The problem are these gouging oil companies. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're going to bring in a transparency law that anytime there's a big price hike, they're going to have to justify it and show why. So, I mean, if that was the that's case... That's not going to satisfy people. That still doesn't seem to be working. No. I mean, if he still wants to try and blame gouging on the oil companies, what happened to his transparency law? How mm-hmm. come it didn't f- stop it? So, mm-hmm. you know, th- so the, the polit- it's good politics for the BC Liberals, though. Tony in Port Moody, hi. Listen, we solved the problem for the gas and the tax problems here in BC. We sold out six months ago for two point two million, heading out to Alberta is calling, and bought a place place there for five fifty, brand new, two years old, and I'm out of here. After thirty years being beaten by the government guys, I'm out we're out of here. We're done. Where where so you bought a house in Alberta? Yes we did. Where, in where? Calgary, just outside of Calgary. How much did you pay for the house? Five thirty-five, and yeah. it's roughly about uh, thirty-two hundred square feet, and it's just gorgeous. It's in a cul-de-sac area. We looked towards Manitoba. We didn't want to go that far out. We thought with the low uh, energy cost and uh, with the invitation from the premier, we're out of here. Yeah, but yeah. you but you got to but you got to live in Calgary though. Yeah, got to live in Calgary in December. <laughs> 
Hey, listen, I'm retired. With $2 million in the bank, I don't have to work. Pray for a Chinook all the time. Well, I guess if he got if he has, know, if he has two million, he can he can pay someone. I know his, Tony's his driveway. The, Tony is the fourth person I know now. I don't know Tony, but the fourth person I've heard from in the last week who said they've moved to Alberta. Wow. I've got a former colleague, Global's cashed out and lives on a Calgary golf course now. Yeah, they're cashing out. This is Metro Vancouver and to a lesser degree Victoria. You can cash out about one and a half, two million dollar home, and buy your half million dollar home in Calgary. Put up with the weather, but you can. You can get a place in Calgary for three hundred and fifty grand. Never pocket. mind half a million. Yeah, but as you say, you have to live in Calgary, right? I, I spent a year in Edmonton when I was a kid. I don't want to go through that again. Yeah, you're freezing, right? Yeah, all the time. And then, and isn't there mosquitoes? This, giant this mosquitoes. Giant the size mosquitoes of a in the Buick. summer. Yeah. yeah. Tim and Langley. Hey, Tim. Hey, and good morning, you guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Now you're not quite as old as I am, but I remember a very similar statement by another NDP premier. And that was Dave Barrett. And what Barrett said in those days was, when you leave a room, turn the light off. And do you remember what the Socreds did? They all went crazy in that. So I would compare that to what John has said and uh, and, and uh, see how that works out in the long run in the future. Okay, thank you for the call. Well, Horgan would love to be compared to Dave Barrett, who's seen as an icon of the, of the party. Horgan's probably more popular than Barrett was. He was, yeah, the last the last Angus Reid poll had his popularity go up. Now that the museum debacle seems to be fading into the sunset, uh, Horgan's popularity is uh, pretty high. And again, I've never, you and I have covered a lot of premiers, Mike. I've never seen, not only, I mean, premiers can be popular at the beginning. Bill Vanderzen was popular the first couple months of his premiership, but then it started to sink pretty quick. And that's the case with other premiers. And right across the country, it's just the, the, the reality of politics. But Horgan's been able to sustain his popularity through controversy. Let's go to Jad in Aldergrove. Hi, Jad. Yes, uh, good morning. Um, I'd just like to, uh, if you guys can answer me this question, why the gas prices in British Columbia fluctuate? Like in Prince George, you're buying it for $1.69 a litre. Northern Okanagan, you're paying $1.64 a litre. And here in Vancouver, we're paying $2.35 a litre. doesn't make any sense. One supplier basically supplies all of British Columbia. So, well, well, one reason is this: the region-specific taxes in Metro Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, you, you, know, you don't pay anywhere near the taxes in Prince George and Kelowna that you pay in Metro Vancouver. In right. fact, here in the capital, we don't pay as much tax as you do in Metro Vancouver because of TransLink. Yeah, the TransLink tax—that's the big is tax. Brutal. Yeah, I mean that's seventeen a big cents one. a liter. Right. That's huge, and that only applies think, in Metro Vancouver. And we pay six cents, I think, a liter. So yeah. that's a difference—you know, more than ten cents a liter. Uh, in the places you just mentioned. Mark in New West. Hi, Mark. You had about 30 seconds here, okay? Yeah, just curious. Whatever happened to the Gordon Wilson uh, Horgan lawsuit? I never heard any more about that. I think they probably said... That's a good question, question. actually. I'll I'll Uh, check that out. Thanks for reminding me. They probably settled. I haven't heard uh, from Wilson on this front for some time. I mean, last year, I think there was some stories about lawyers and... and, um, uh, and such, but I haven't heard anything. There since. was a defamation case that he filed, and it was, and he had a pretty, pretty strong case actually. Mm. And I know that it had reached, it had gone to court. There had been some wrangling in court, and I think there was a lot of out of courts jousting around disclosure and stuff. But whether they settled it, you know, most quite often these things get settled out of court, and there's yeah, a non, and, and, and there's a non disclosure agreement. So that may have been what happened. Yeah, but I'll check exactly. it for you.